and I have some deer sticks in the refrigerator. Is so. this live? No. So can we start again? No, 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 we're in it. Ben Fitzgerald. Hello. Come on, buddy. Welcome to uh, the green room. Your green room. I well, love it's not it. mine. It's Iris's. It's Iris's green room. Well, it's thriving. I love it. <laughs> it looks beautiful. I don't know if this is thriving. I've been picking up the leaves yeah, off I saw one. you pour some water in there before. Yeah. Hopefully it'll live. Welcome, man. Thanks. Man. Thanks for coming. It's a joy to be here. I really, really, really appreciate you coming in, man. Yeah. And uh, I love what God is doing in your life. Thanks. I have been following you and your ministry from afar for years, yeah. purely out of a jealousy factor. Yeah, because <laughs> I'd be like going around the world and people would be like, "Hey, uh, how are you doing?" Well, I'm like, "I'm doing great." And they're like, "Hey, have you heard of this Ben Fitzgerald guy?" I was like, "Nope, nope, nope." I mean, this is years. This is ten uh-huh. years ago. Yeah, everybody was talking about what God was doing, I, and we oh. had never met until recently. Yeah, and as <laughs> soon as I met you, man, I fell in love with your heart. I fell in love Thanks. with your passion. Thank you. And you're the real deal, man. You too. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it was a joy when we met in Sydney. I remember yeah. that conference was so powerful. It was. Yeah. It was. God yeah. did so much, man. I, I love watching ministers, especially in deliverance. Yeah. I found it so refreshing because I, I've had this with a few guys over the years that you hear about what God's doing in this person or that person. You never meet. And uh-huh. then you get to get around and you're like, oh my God, they're... They're passion. They're passionate for the same things that I'm passionate for, and yeah, it's yeah. like God's speaking the same things across the board. But totally. my God, the favor that is on your life right now, oh, and the hand of the Lord. Yeah. And I think, and I think this this call that's on your life to really bring. Uh, forgive me because I haven't thought this through, so I'm making <laughs> this okay. up on the spot. No, but honestly, like yeah. what you carry is. I feel like what's on your life is is a is correcting a pendulum swing that I think the spirit filled movement went so towards self. Self, self, you know, get my gift, my, my this, and you've actually brought it back to what Christ brought it back to in, amongst our movement of of souls, yeah, of miracles, signs, and wonders yeah. unto the washing by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And I yeah. love that on you, man, because yeah. because you could see yeah. as soon as as soon as you started shouting that from the rooftops, yeah, God just went, give, I'll give you nations. He's been really merciful to me for sure. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, yeah. So, so. I know. I'm just going to assume that a lot of people kn- know who you are. Uh, I'm going to assume that that they know you're from Australia. Yes. That Praise you- God. It's not from New Zealand. <laughs> I know. I- <laughs> yeah. On the Cheeky. first take, I told him it's good to have a real uh, New Zealander here. <laughs> yeah. And I said I'll make that plant shrivel up and die if you say that again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. So, what's going on? What's new? Um, we right now are really in a big season of vision, mm-hmm. and uh, we're feeling that God wants to save more European people. So you know what we do with Awakening Europe. We basically yeah. are in the continent of Europe. Many friends of ours are there too. And we're working together and we're really laying down our egos and logos just for the sake of the gospel. Mm. Saying like, God, how do we work together? From people with all denominations, all kinds of, not walks of faith, but the same faith, but walks of the way they express it, I guess. Yeah. And we're saying, Jesus, would you help us come together to save millions of people in Europe? So we're working right now for a big event called Awakening 2020, the callback where we're calling back all believers from around the world who have European heritage. And uh, whenever I travel and I find out, like I did this at Bethel uh, yesterday, I said, who here has European heritage? It was like 90% of the crowd, you know? And so maybe someone's great grandma was the first Christian in their family. But what we know about Europe right now is that that was the main mission sending field of the world for hundreds of years. 
And now that place that sent so many people out, you know, even the crosses of the, the flags there, you know, people, I say to people, I go, what's great about Swiss, Switzerland? I go, I'm not sure, but the cross is a big plus, you know, um, because it's a, it is, sorry, the flag, sorry, the flag, I said the cross, the flag's a big plus because it is, it's a cross, you know, and Norway, Sweden, Finland, all these nations, they, they were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Yeah. And now they're going far away from that. So we're in a place where we need God to come into the continent of Europe like never before. So mm. we're calling back people from the world to come and preach the gospel there next year in 2020. And I really feel that, that the Lord's giving the body of Christ 2020 Eurovision, you know, come on. saying like, go to Europe, go to your roots and go and invade that territory where the gospel was sent from for hundreds of years. So you're t- are you talking like a missions call? Like, I oh, mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a reverse missions call. Reverse missions, yeah. The callback. The callback. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I finally get it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I yeah. love it. Yeah, so That's we're doing amazing. that. Yeah, so we're doing that next year. We do like an eight-day event where mm-hmm. we do 20 cities at one time, major cities, you know, like Paris and Berlin and and London and Ireland, different places at one time. So we, we ask you, we say, come back to the Netherlands first. We start there. You know, that was one of the major places of sending um, shipping as mm-hmm. well as missionaries and that kind of stuff. And so we're saying, come back to the Netherlands. We do yeah. a big stadium event there. We throw out the net. We preach the gospel every night. We show people how easy it is to live free of the fear of man in Europe. You don't have to fear people's opinion to help rise up the European church. And then from there, we say, go back to your heritage nations. Yeah. Now, that's extremely inspiring for people who are from countries where the biggest church, like, for example, in Thessaloniki, Greece, where we read it every day, Thessalonians, right. you know, the biggest Pentecostal church, there is 350 people, you know, the biggest, I mean, the absolute biggest, like that might be even stretching it a little bit. So when you have 350 people in one church, and that's like a massive church in Thessaloniki, Greece, and then a couple of thousand people come or hundred people come who have Greek heritage, Mm -hmm. and they say, we're here to preach the gospel with you. We want to help you stir up your your churches, stir up your people, save souls in Greece. Uh, I think that's going to have a tremendous effect by the hand of the Lord on people to really give back hope to European churches that Jesus wants their cities, he wants their continents. Come on. Yeah, so that's what I'm up to at the moment. And the fruit, I just hear that you guys are filling stadiums. I mean, I've seen pictures, I've seen video clips. But you guys are you guys are seeing it. This isn't like a pipe dream. Mm-mm. This isn't a something that you're hoping to see. Like this is something you're you're seeing on a constant basis. Yeah, we did a pre-registration already for next year, and mm-hmm. 104 nations registered like that within days. My God! So I was are like, "Are you serious?" Yeah. So I was like, "Well, this next year is going to be a, a a unique a week. You know, eight days that we think that we can probably reach about half a million people with the gospel." So. Yeah. Come on. Should be fun. Come on. And Ben, just so you guys know, like is even as he was walking in here, he was preaching to a dude out on the out on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. I, everywhere I've been with you, the little bit of time that we've gotten to spend, you know, outside of the church, outside of the pulpit, yeah. it's hard to go anywhere with you. Uh because you yeah. preach. Takes a little constantly. longer usually, yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. I, I really love it. Um Thanks, I, it's so beautiful to see because you see a lot of people one way yeah. uh, on the pulpit, yeah. and then outside you see them a completely different way. Yeah. How did you move from? Because like, so I, you know, I grew up in the itinerary. Were we, were we similar, same age? I'm 37. I'm 37. Perfect, bro. Wait, come wait, on. come on. Wait, what's you, what month are you? I do this. I go potato, potato. fries. Anyway, um, that, that, <laughs> your kids will love thank that. You, they will. Yeah, 37 July. Okay, so I'm March. All right, so you're a bit older than me. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, no, just, no. So how do you move from like getting touched in the in 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 revival, uh-huh. right? to packing out stadiums? Like what's that journey look like? Well, I made a commitment to the Lord, a covenant with God that I would actually preach the gospel every day. Mm. And so when I made that commitment, um, I just stuck to that commitment. So my commitment was simple. I said, God, I will just uh, like for the rest of my days, help me to always tell people about Jesus every single day of my life. 
And, uh, and, and he's been gracious enough to help me keep that commitment. I can't say that's some boastful thing because Paul said, woe is me if I don't do it. Right, right. So I made a commitment with God and I was like, you've got to give me the grace to do this. So I started just doing that faithfully for years and years. And then the Lord one day transitioned that from one-on-one to, um, to bigger amounts of people. For me though, a stadium isn't what I, I don't focus on that. Although when I walk in there, sometimes I feel the, the gift of faith come on me and I love it. I love being in football games, the big stadiums and thinking God should be the one yeah. that we're magnifying here. It should be, you know, everyone's shouting at a little ball going across the field. Right. How much more for Jesus, <laughs> right. you know? So I feel raw faith in those places, but for me, a stadium's just a shell. Mm. And you know, then you get, go down smaller churches, another shell, then you, your bedroom, your prayer closet's another shell. It's just a, yeah. a piece of material that is a bigger place for us to gather for the sake of the Lord. So, and, and I want to do that. I want to see millions of people gather for the Lord's sake, but most importantly, that these people bring the unsaved, that they have a call in their heart, we're here to preach the gospel. Yeah. I don't just want to sing Kumbaya in a stadium. You know, I want right. people to really come who don't know God. So it just transitioned that way for me of just being faithful, I guess, and then the Lord decided that, you know, okay, he's been faithful in these little things and yeah. I'll give him more. So that was basically how I feel it happened. Come on. Yeah. So everybody, like throughout the years, my first trip to Europe uh-huh. as a minister was, uh, gosh, I was in um, Manchester, UK. Uh-huh. And going there, right, as I'm getting ready to go, yeah. um, everybody goes, it's the hardest place. It's <laughs> yeah. the most difficult. <laughs> yeah. and, and I actually found the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. This was my first trip there. Yeah. I found it to be the mo- one of the most open, still to this day, yeah. some of the greatest miracles. And 15 years later, I, I just bumped into a guy, Rivers and Robots. Have you ever heard of that? No. Worship, they were a worship team. That's a cool UK. name for a worship team. I know. Rivers, and, Rivers, and, Rivers robots. and Robots. I like and that. And he was at that meeting 15 yeah. years ago. Wow. I, I see the fruit, right? Yeah. But most people, they go, Europe, it's hard, it's yeah. difficult. Like, what has been your experience well, in Europe? Well, I've been to the hardest city in the world 50 times. You know, everywhere, every right, time, right, every time right, I get off right. a plane, they're like, did you know this is the hardest mm-hmm, city in the mm-hmm. world? I'm like, I knew it. I yep. prophetically could discern it. Yep. You were going to say it. of witchcraft <laughs> that like, oh, yeah. are, are assembled here. Yeah. yeah, sure. And, you know, the thing is, there are more difficult places. I can't disregard that comment entirely. But what I do know, you know, because people have been there laboring in the field. Mm. You know how it is. We were like, you're in a place where you're just pressing in and, and you're not getting the breakthrough you maybe thought you would. But I think that's why God sends us people from the outside sometimes yeah. because they don't see things the same way. And I just encourage people. I'm like, when I go to places, I'm like, God wants to save people here. Yeah. He's the same as he is in Asia and Africa, America. He's the same God. And if he can, you know, like we've got a bit of a testimony now the last five years. We can say, look, we packed a stadium. 27,000 people showed up. And that's unheard of there. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so, and thousands were saved. And so we have a bit of a history now where we can point to that. But I tell people all the time, I say, is the voice you're listening to in your city is it the voice of the Lord or are you coming under a cultural norm? Right. Because I find that culture is in some ways dictating the church way more than it should be. Yeah. You know, we should be way above that stuff, above the, like I love what Eric preached yesterday, being like above the clouds, above the, and Candace mentioned it too, being above the fact that there's storms on the earth, there's cultural mindsets here that we should be thinking from heaven, like what can God do? Mm. And we know through history that all the times where Jesus showed up with major moves of God, it was, yep. it was tumultuous. Yeah, you know, God put Jesus in the Roman occupied empire, and mm-hmm. and and he uh, and the same thing with the Welsh revival. It's just a nation of I don't mean this politely, but it, there were a lot of drunks there. Like it was a nation of drunkards. Yeah, they were they were hard laborers, and they drank like fish, and they had big issues, man, beating their yeah. wives. And then God raised up Evan Roberts, but he never you, you never see in his writings like, oh, this is going to be so hard. He never talks that way. 
He just talks about, can God do this? Surely God can hear us. He talks in a way of faith, and I think we need to do that. And so for the European church, even for American church, or even maybe somewhere in Africa where you're like, nothing's breaking open. You've just got to understand, like we can't be determined by what people say is possible or what people say has been here for 50 years. Right. You've got to be determined by the history books of how God has done things. Right. And you've got to follow that pattern. And that's what I'm trying to do. So, so how like how do you actually, you know, wake up in the morning and go, okay, we're gonna see a state like it, what's <laughs> by my is alarm. There, is there a, there has to be a strategy, right? Mm. And what are you guys what are you guys doing to implement it's that? A good like, flat white, by the you way. You like that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's uh, evergreen. Well, They're not sponsored, but we love them. <laughs> Green room coffee. <laughs> we should. Like. Evergreen, yeah, Evergreen, if you're watching. Yeah, awesome. This is a, yeah, this is one of those, what do they call that? Eco-friendly podcast. It video is. Podcast. <laughs> um, how do I wake up into those things? Yeah, like what, how does somebody go from ministering to church to, to, to actually yeah. packing and saying, like, what is the work that, that is involved in that? For me, I have visions. Mm-hmm. So I have like... Um, visions in my spirit, like a, I call it a mind's eye vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mind sees things, and and uh, and I feel pulled towards certain places. And it's really cool because I don't think without for for me, I lay all my life down will on one thing, and I'm not really surrendered fully to Jesus yet. I have a long way to go, mm-hmm. but I lay my life down on this one thing that He speaks to me. And if He can, if He keeps speaking to me, and I keep listening, I find that um, that I'm okay. You know, He graciously puts me through to the next phase, and so. I will go to a, a country and I'll just feel something. I'll just I'll just sense something in my spirit. Like this country's desolate. Yeah. You know, they need Jesus wants to wake this nation up, or I'll feel hopelessness over the people. That's what I felt over Austria. Mm. When we went to Austria, and this last awakening we did, it was like about 14 weeks ago. It was our most successful. We measure success not by how many num- numbers are in the stadium, yep. but by how many people were saved yep. out of the numbers and the percentage of unsaved that come to the stadium. That's yeah. how we measure it. Yeah. And so we had the highest percentage of unbelievers in there. Come on. And because of that, we had the highest percentage of salvations we've ever had in, a, in an event. And including that we had the, the chancellor of the nation there, the president you know, of the nation mm-hmm. on the stage with us praying for him. And he just got reelected yesterday. Like we had nine days where we're on the front page of the news, mm-hmm. TV. It was God was talked about all over the country. But previous to that, we'd been going there for over a year and, uh, and you could feel hopelessness everywhere. And when I felt it, I was like, I felt this this fight in me, and I could feel the voice of the Lord. You know, he, I want to rise these people up. I want to help them believe again mm. that people can be saved in the nation. And uh, many churches have have seen one or two people a year coming to the Lord for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's crazy, and that's not good. No, and, and it's not God's will. And so I know that, but they need to be reminded of that. And so I follow the voice of the Lord. And, and if I don't feel His voice is speaking. And there's no significant, uh, you know, word from the Lord. I, mm-hmm. I don't move really. Wow. And that's frustrating to a lot of the people that work with me sometimes because they're like, "We could just try this," and I probably need to lean more on that side nowadays mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know, just letting people just go for it. But I'm very much a person. Did God say that? Right. You know, and so that's just how we've done things. Come and on. I'm a little rookie in this, so it's, it even feels weird to be interviewed on this. Like I've only Why? been doing this for five years. So well, all of us have been. Like, no, yeah, you know true. what I'm saying? Like anybody that's actually doing something. Yeah. Like honestly, right now, yeah. anybody in the world that's doing something. Yeah. I shouldn't say it, most of the people. Uh huh. They're doing this for their first time. Like I'm yeah, friends yeah. with Dominic Russo. You know Dom? Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Like Amazing watching his journey uh-huh. to one nation one day. Yeah. He's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Sure. When when he when he first did his first one nation one day, I think it was in Honduras, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. They flew down. They had seven thousand dollars in their bank account. Wow. When they flew down. Yeah. They needed seven million. Like yeah. nobody knows what they're doing. Uh huh. But that's what I love about it. Yeah. And there's these 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing anything like that as far, as far as stadiums go or gatherings, but you see these ones that the hand of the Lord is on, yourself being one of them, and the favor and the vision and how he provides, yeah. how he opens up doors. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing to just sit back and watch and hear the testimonies. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I was just in Tasmania. Yeah. I did a like a week and a half in Tasmania. Some people probably don't know where that is. That's Australia. Oh, man. Yeah. It's honestly yeah. like... Yeah. It was so powerful. Yeah. And everywhere I went, yeah. they were talking about Awaken Australia. Like everywhere I went, they, were, they were said something was sparked in Awaken Australia. Mm-hmm. And, and even when I was in Tasmania, it was the, some of the largest gatherings wow. they've had in Tasmania for spirit, like any sort of spirit-filled anything. Wow. I think it, they, I was told it was the largest. That's but, amazing. But, but it was the fruit. It's, all, it's not amazing, man. It's the fruit from your ministry. Like it's oh, the fruit from what you're doing and this hunger that... that that's being released in the nations, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I was with, oh, Kat, is it Catherine? Ren- yeah, Rinala. Yeah. Rinala. I love her, yeah. All she did was just go, what's on Ben's life? And I, mm-hmm. I love watching, I love watching amazing men of God just run after him with everything that they have. And to hear the stories, yeah. it's such a blessing. Like these are the stories that we're going to be telling our kids. I, yeah. I sat with our team, Sean's, Sean's off camera, yeah. and at our last good meeting, man. Uh, yeah, he's a good man. Yeah. Uh, don't let it go to your head, though, Sean. Uh, and he and 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 I said, listen, we're in the middle of it. Like we might not see it right now, but uh-huh. the decisions that we're making now, the outreaches, you know, we're 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 about to open up in Brazil, and they're, like these decisions we're making now are going to be told in by history. You know, like yeah, people totally. are going to look back yeah. and they go, oh, God spoke to them to do this and this, and you're yeah. you're just in the middle of that, man. That's and um, I love it. Like history will be written <laughs> about your the faith that, that that you're running with right now. Well, that's amazing you said it because the Lord just told me the exact same thing on the plane like two days ago. Come on, He said the decisions you're making now mm-hmm. are going to mark your future, your your decades. It's not just like this one choice is going to mark you for a week. Mm. He said, the decisions you're making now, Ben, and it was actually kind of in a stern fathering way. Yeah. You know, he wasn't just saying it like as in, make a great decision, you know, you know write the history books. He was sort of saying like, hey, you know, be wise. I used yeah. to sit with Randy and I, I was fathered by Randy. Yes, you, I, I know. know yeah. Well, you were up here in, yeah. in red. I used to watch you guys come down and I was like, man, <laughs> these guys on. are powerful. Come by on. the way, Will, he would never say this about himself, but he's one of the most anointed men I know. And, uh, and I love the meetings when he's, he is a, you are a wild, holy roller. You're a holy ghost. You're an old school Pentecostal in there, Will. You are full of God. I remember that meeting in Australia. It was mayhem in all the right ways, you know? Oh, I love it. I don't know which camera to look at, but it was mayhem in all the right ways. And he's an amazing it. man of God. So Thank you. Yeah. But we, I used to sit there with Randy, mm-hmm. and he would tell us the stories of John Wimber. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I remember sitting there, and, I'm, and I've heard the stories of Bill. And yeah. I remember sitting there and just going, like, I wonder what it would have been like to be there. And that's that... The Lord spoke to me. He said very similar to what he said on, on the plane to you. It's just those people will tell the stories of the decisions that you're making now. Yeah. And in that, there is a holy fear. Yeah, there is. Right? Yeah. I don't want to mess yeah. this thing up. Not that we can, but he uses donkeys, right? So, yeah. And he's using the decisions that we make. Mm-hmm. So how do you how do you find growing in leadership? You're 37. I'm 37. Yeah. I found that this season's been like the biggest leadership season. And as you stepped into a major role of leadership, yeah. how, how do you find... How do you find that pressure? No pressure? Like what? Uh, well, I used to, people used to say to me, they're like, you know, I want to be in the secret place. I just want to be hidden in a hidden season, you know, so God can deal with things in me. And now I tell people, I'm like, you have way more stuff come up in you the five minutes after you're favored by God mm-hmm. and put in the public place than you will yeah. in your hidden season. Like I feel like I've grown way more in the last five years 
in, in just God just brought stuff up. I'm like, that's pride there. You know, that's insecurity there. Yeah. That's immaturity there. And he's just pruned a lot off me in that way. And, and you know, I think some people are trying to live like an insta-famous kind of Christian life. Yeah. And, and, uh, and I saw that in myself too at times. I'm like, oh, I wanted to be recognized for something. At first not, I was really innocent in the vision mm-hmm. and innocent in what God would say to me. And then when attention came to it, I saw this little bit of pride come in me and I'm like, that's gross, you know, get that off me. And, and so it's a great journey of, of stepping into leadership. And I think what God does in that is when he puts the light on you a little bit and puts favor on you, his hands with you, you know, it's actually to help other people that are going to go in a similar direction yeah. to help them to see a leader who points people to Jesus. And that's yeah. what I want to be. I want to be someone who points people to the Lord, not to myself. And uh, I don't mind if they say, hey, good job, whatever. I'm like, yeah, thanks. But I know who the bouquets belong to. Yeah. And I know where it all came from. It's all grace. And uh, and so, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been something where I've seen a lot of immature things that were buried inside the realm of I just have a secret life with God and just tell the one person on the street. And you know, there's ambition and stuff that comes up in us that's not wrong. Mm. It's good to dream, it's fantastic to dream. As long as it doesn't become about our dreams, it becomes about why did God make me? Because for me, Will, I got a second life, Yeah, you know? Oh yeah. I, I, I hold my life very lightly, like I got a second shot. My life was a sinful mess, a wretched, depraved mess. People don't like that. They like talking like, oh, we're all, you know, we're nice people and God saved us. I'm like, no, I was, I know who I was. Yeah. You know, I was addicted to prostitutes. I had a very bad life before that was really retrobate against God and so rebellious against people. And, you know, my parents and stuff like that and, and my dad's suicide and all that stuff. And so Jesus took me out of that and gave me another shot. So mm-hmm. this for me, when I'm growing in leadership, I'm realizing, okay, this is another level of this shot. This is, I think, Jesus looks at us as he grows us and, and joyful because the, the the branch is growing how he wanted it to. Yeah. But I also think he takes it so carefully like a master, you know, like a caretaker of a fine plant. He just takes it carefully and prunes off things and because he wants it to have its full potential. And that's what I feel God has done in me in the last few years in growing in leadership. He's cutting away things that I think are hindering my potential to really be full of Jesus and full of his faith. Yeah. And I think that's what happened in... I personally think in Evan Roberts, in in uh, one of my heroes, which is um, you know, the Salvation Army, William Booth. Yeah, they're my heroes. Like if I could be like anyone, you know, I'd probably even <laughs> wear those epaulets and all things that wear. Right, like right. I just I love the way they they were. They saw right. two hundred and forty five thousand people in Europe saved in three years. Wow, you know, and that's like just ginormous. Yeah, that's like nearly three times the size of Reading's population. <laughs> so um, I I want to be like them, but you can see in their writings, you can see in the life that they were so in love with Jesus and it wasn't a harsh thing of God pruning them. It was they were so in love with God that they wanted to mature into examples of God. Yeah, And that's what I feel like God is doing in me. He's making me more of an example. And I've also found, and people will know this if they watch this, as they're growing, your little decision, your little comment, your little mm-hmm. thing, I used to be able to get away with a lot more. Yeah, you know, I used to do a lot of pranks on people. I used to do baptisms at 3 a.m. in the morning regularly. I'd do at least probably four or five a year on friends. I'd go into their house, get the key and baptize them in the middle of the night. Say, you know, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, just joking, being silly, you know. But now I do a little joke with someone and they're crying. I'm like, what happened to me, God? And he's like, well, you, you're growing. And they take seriously what you say like they do what I talk, say. Talk about that for a little bit more. That's you just, there's Are you being convicted, Will, a little bit? Uh, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, like I, I, I. You know what I mean, though. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. I know exactly yeah. what you we we shut off the first ten minutes of this. Yeah, yeah. And, and not that we were doing anything wrong. No, we're just saying just, funny things. We're just goofing around. Yeah. But there is there is something as you mature and as you grow in leadership yeah. where I I find the exact same thing. Like now when I I could say the exact same thing five years ago uh-huh. to somebody now 
and they will take it in a completely different way yes. because of where I'm at yeah. and where God God has me at. But I don't want to lose that. I feel like part no. of it's my personality. Oh, I you joke know? all the time. Like I'll right. grab Todd White's dreadlock and eat it and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And you know, you like <laughs> chew on it while you do that. Yeah, you've seen a picture of me doing that. Like I think we should have that 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 joyful, boisterous fun with one another. But what I, I think I used to do is I used to push that boundary a lot and I used to just say whatever I thought. You know, I'd just say what I think. Like people would do something and I'd go, that's stupid. Or, you know, I'd go, that's no, you're wrong. Like they'd say, I, I believe this means this in the Bible. I'm like, no, you're wrong. It doesn't mean that. And now I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay, that's interesting. I, sh- I say, I'll show you what I think it means. Just, I feel more pastoring. I feel mm. more caring. And I, and I recognize that now to much who's given, much is required. So there's a weight on things that I, I could joke about before, or I could just say straightforwardly. Now, if I say it, I might have someone in tears over that. So I'm learning to take my um, decisions, not losing. Again, I don't want anyone watching this to think, oh, no. we should become rigid. No way, man. We should have a blast. Yeah. We should have so much joy and fun, and I do. And I love rolling with the, with the boys and with the brothers and just mucking around and joking in the, the green room and all that stuff. You know, in worship, putting my hand in people's face. I do that here at Bethel. I put my hand right in yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Tom Crandall's face yeah, yeah, or yeah. Eric's face, mess with them, you know. But uh, that's fun. That's, that's, that's genuine, honest fun. But sometimes I'll say things now that I would have said five years ago yeah. and it just hurts people. And I'm like, God, I don't know what happened. He's like, well, I put more authority on you. So now it goes in deeper. Why you got to say stuff like this? <laughs> oh, sorry. It's just the truth. I no, mean, it's really good. Yeah. Like, honestly, that's, that's fantastic. Well, it's something I'm learning through mistakes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. I really appreciate you sharing that, man. Yeah. One of the one of the things that I loved meeting about I'm I'm just gonna okay, I just wanna make sure that we have enough time. Yeah. One of the things I appreciate the most in Dave Wagner uh, he's by the way here Apostolic on our, on prophet. Our no. <laughs> Dave come on. Just do a little quick shot over there, Corey. Look at look at that man. Look at that big beautiful man over there. That's Dave, my big brother right there. Dude, honestly, that's gold. I got well, there's too much gold in this studio. Um, Dave Wagner said something uh, on his podcast uh-huh. that uh, he, you know he wants to if if he lives every, puts everything out in the open, the enemy has nothing uh, to get him for. Wow, and I like that. the doors are closed. I like and I found the same thing is very true about your life. At least yeah. when I've heard you preach, and I, I mean, yeah. I've been with you in the back rooms. You're you're more you're as equally gracious and full of love. On the pulpit as you are anywhere else. Yeah. No, I mean, just a little. I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to flatter you. Like, I don't need, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like, you are. You really are. Thanks. And, 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 uh, when I saw you speak for the first time, you shared, you shared a message that had me cringing in because I'm like, <laughs> I would never say that, but I, but I totally, yeah, would identify with exactly where I, like, I'm too immature not to be as bold. And as and as forthcoming as I don't you were, know what I said you that you were talking about fear of men, and when you oh, get yes, in rooms yes. and pulpits, and yeah. you want to do something and one up, and yeah. and I as you were sharing, I was like, yeah, I know that I've had that, I yeah. do still have those things, and you yeah. shared it so beautifully, and and there's something on it. Dave said it during his. Uh, I try to live my life that way, I really do, yeah. uh, but. But there's this honesty and openness that I think parallels the favor of God on people's life that either they they are who they are, they're open, and they yeah. bring people along in this journey because yeah. everybody's dealing with the same stuff. Everybody's dealing with letting their mouth run yeah. and going, I'm hurting people along the way. Husbands with their wives, sure. dads with their children, yeah. you know, like friends, like everybody deals with this stuff. And yeah. as we share our struggles, it, yeah. it invites people in. The generations prior, yeah. they, they have tried to kind of hide their hide their 
their struggles. They didn't speak about it as much, huh? Right. I yeah. think so. I don't know. Uh, this, I'm not trying to make some deep point here, but I yeah. love that about your life, and Thanks, I love that man. about your message. And it's something that I value in people that are running with the Lord right now. And, and yeah. Yeah, well, I think I personally think that we shouldn't compete with each other. We should, we should compete against the enemy. You know, like we should fight the enemy. We have enough right. battles to fight in the spiritual world and, and for people to be saved than yeah. fighting each other. Now, does that mean we don't be truthful? We don't call out things? We don't be honest about, hey, we see this major issue? Yeah. No, I, I, I actually believe that that's also a default that people go to of not confronting stuff. Totally. You know, because they want favor. Because right. I want to be... I want to be loved so much that I won't talk truthfully right. about an issue. Right. So I don't believe in in uh, you know never bring stuff that can bring conflict in relationship. Mm -hmm. But what I do, I think, is completely wrong. Is competing with your brethren. Yeah. Competing with your sisters in Christ, your brothers in Christ. They have the platform. They post this thing. I'm mm -hmm. going to post this thing. Like right. all that stuff, I think, is nonsense. And I saw some of it in me. You know, it wasn't major, but I saw like glimpses of that fear of man yeah. of wanting people's approval. And, and thinking that way, like my process of thought was, if I do this, this, and this, or if I preach this way, if I think about this statement, and if I do that, I wasn't thinking, I can feed God's sheep. Yeah. I was thinking, this will really, like I wasn't saying that in my thoughts, yeah. but the underlying tone of it was, this will be impressive. And, and I didn't, I don't think that Jesus cares so much about that. When you look at the Ephesus church in Revelation, yeah. he's not really impressed with all their works. He's like, you left the first love thing. You know, you need to just go back to that. You need to be so in love with me yeah. and so in love with who I am. And, uh, and that's what I, I want to be. And, and I want to be genuine for Jesus, not, not fake. So. Dude, I love that. I love yeah. that verse. Do not neglect your first love. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it is. I preach it everywhere yeah. I go. Yeah. I think it's, it's one of the most powerful messages, right? Uh -huh. And your first love is when you first fall in love with him. Yeah. That moment of radical salvation. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you, but I got saved out of a lot of garbage too. Oh, man. totally. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and I know, yeah, I know you did as well. But yeah. when he touched me, I was unstoppable. Yeah, it's right. I was unstoppable. You don't care what anyone thinks. I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. I don't care what anybody does. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what it costs. I don't care how far away it is. Uh -huh. I would drive hours, man. Yeah. Like hours. And to, joyfully, too. Yeah, to yeah. like meetings of 20 people. Yeah, exactly. And they were all weird. I would never go to those meetings now. Yeah. But like so much joy, so much love, so much encounters. Yeah. Like, uh, I loved it, man. Listen, I know you have a very limited amount of time. I want to do. I'm good. I got about 15, 20 minutes. Okay. Well, I'm going to pack it. Good. Okay. So, a couple things. Uh, number one, tell us what you're up to and the way that – I know you've, you feel the same way, but what's the way that people can get in touch with you? How can they yeah. connect with you on what you're doing? Yeah, just Awakening Europe Instagram or Facebook or mm -hmm. website, awakeningeurope.com. That is the best way to get in touch with us or shoot me a DM, as they say, in Instagram, and I may reply. If people, yeah. people write to me a lot like, can you pray for my sickness? And right. I, I usually do stop and pray, but I just can't reply to everybody. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but I do uh, reply sometimes when it's like, hey, we want to connect with you and stuff. So, um, yeah, but Awakening Europe, my team replies. And uh, yeah, you can get in, in touch with us, watch what we're doing in Europe. But it's also in Australia. Yeah. Um, there's also some plans for us to do an awakening in America um, that really? we're praying into. Yeah, there's been some people that have reached out to us. And, come on. You know, we're just putting it before the Lord and seeing if that's his will. And our music now is starting to come up a bit. And so we're doing a tour here actually of America next Stop. year with our band. Is this with... Daniel Hager. Daniel, okay. Yes. I didn't I didn't know yeah, I didn't yeah, want to yeah. like put it out there and be like, yeah. no, not Daniel. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He's phenomenal, man. He and he has better dreadlocks than uh than other, Todd. other ministers. Other men. Yeah. Well, yeah. Todd, Todd. <laughs> well, you were thinking Todd, I'll just say I was, it. you yeah, just yeah, say I'm it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, he, he their dreads are both amazing. <laughs> but 
He's about six foot seven, but he's just such a giant he in is. the Lord, you he know. Is, man. And he's a wild worshiper and so in love with God and, and just a phenomenal man. Yeah. And so we're going on tour of the US and, and we just want to help, you know, break that fear of man off people. Come on. And so we're doing that in February. What does that look like? Because I've done a couple of worship tours around the US with yeah. just our little crew. What, do, what does that look like for you guys? Uh, bad food, little sleep, mm-hmm. um, a lot of coffee. Uh, Are you like, like driving? Yeah, we're going to fly and drive. We're going to okay. do both. So we're going to go to Jesus Culture mm-hmm. and do a whole like night thing there for like three and a half, four hours. Mm-hmm. And then we do one here in Bethel. And then we go to uh, potentially down to South, Southern California. Mm-hmm. Then we go to... Texas, and then we finish at um, Jesus Image with our friends Michael yeah, Kulianos awesome, and Jessica Kulianos. Awesome, so, awesome. So yeah, we do like a seven-day tour. Dude, uh, yeah. the, my first tour my wife and I did in the States where we did like, uh-huh. we did uh, 59 meetings in 70 days across America, nonstop. That's a lot. Nonstop. And, that uh, does not surprise me, Will. It was some of the best <laughs> ministry of my life. Oh, yeah. And there's something there's something that happens when you build, yeah, yeah. like one night to oh, the totally. next. And You're it, on fire by the time that thing ends. You're just burning. Oh, dude, the yeah. last, the last. Can I just tell you one quick yeah, testimony? Sure, sure, and sure. then and it, yeah. the last, because you're gonna see, you're gonna see so many amazing things yeah. on this tour, man. But the last night we were in Texas, no, like Louisiana. We were okay. on our way to Florida, so we had, we had just like peppered uh, all over, East Coast, West, like we just went everywhere. Yeah, and we're coming back. We're ending it in Orlando for Voice of the Apostles. Last night, after 59 meetings. I finished praying for everybody in the church and teeny little church, and I get to the stage, and there's this teeny little girl sitting there worshiping, just weeping, and uh, just wow. a little Asian girl, and yeah. uh, her hair was over her face, and and I, and I say, "Come here, sweetie." I'm grabbing my Bible to walk out of the church, and and she comes up, and and I pray for her, and her mom, as I'm getting ready to pray for her, runs up and goes, "Pray for her head, pray for her head." And I put my hand on her head, and I feel crack, 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 pop. I like take my hand off like that. And I go, oh my God, what just happened? And her her mom pulls her hair back. She had a deformed head. I couldn't even oh see it because her hair goodness. was. She was adopted. Had a, a soft. Her soft spot never closed, and it like uh-huh. was here on the side of her head. She wow. wore a helmet, wasn't on, and the Lord just totally, totally made her her skull solid <laughs> underneath my hand. But it was the last night, yeah. last person I was playing praying for. Yeah. And and I just love. Phenomenal. There's a culmination of faith, and yeah. as you go throughout the night, totally. I know you've seen it at your events. Yeah, momentum builds helps build the faith for sure. I was with um, Pablo Batari. No, uh, Fre- Pablo Batari. I don't know who that is. Oh, like Claudio Frey's in the Argentine revival. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he said, he said, uh, night sixteen to eighteen. He goes, that's when the strong man falls over a city. He goes, people do meetings just for a couple of days, uh-huh. and they do enough just to reach heaven. He goes. But I want the strong man to fall over a city. Not sixteen days. He did. I was like those, and they would just go every single night, wow. nonstop, uh, and until it would fall. Yeah, but wow. there's something about that. I totally. Love it. I love I think some it. people watching might want to start doing some extended meetings now. Yeah, let's I, go after it more. I, 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 there's something on it. The yeah. Argentine revival. Yeah, like it, they pack stadiums. Totally. Their yeah. deliverance tents, five thousand people. I was just with uh, Claudio yeah. Frazen in Brazil. It's amazing. He's telling me the stories of yeah. just. The deliverance tents, like thousands set free. Crazy, you know. The deliverance teams of you know a thousand. I love that. I love deliverance. It's so powerful. You you carry it, man. I enjoy. I it. watched you at your yeah. uh, people were dropping, man. Stuff was leaving. Yeah, it was amazing. I have one doctrine of deliverance: better out than in. You know. <laughs> so, so, so if uh, if they if they're in there, it's better. Let's get them out. You know. Awesome. Yeah. Listen, last last thing. Yeah. Um, if there's anybody watching that doesn't know the Lord, can you yeah. just talk to them right now? Absolutely. Is there a camera I should look at? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, if you don't know Jesus, um, just encourage you. Well, after watching this, you're either thinking one or two things, like these guys are fruitcakes, or, uh, or you're thinking maybe there's something inside this, maybe there's a reason I'm watching this, and that's really true. If you're watching this, you're on God's calendar, and we don't have perfect stories. We have stories of brokenness, imperfection, many sins, many mistakes, but you know, we have this amazing story of who met us in that place, and it was Jesus. He met us with his grace, and he came and died for your sin on the cross 2,000 years ago. God, when he thought about your life that would be right now on this day and age as you're watching this video, he thought about what he could do for you, how he could save you. He didn't think about how he could condemn you and let you stay in the mess you're in. He thought about how he could get you out, and that's the kind of God we know. And he loves you, he knows you, and your life was made with a purpose. And I highly encourage you, just open your heart to Jesus, not religion, not something people say it should be this way or that way, or not doing this across your forehead. That's not what we're saying. We're saying there is a person of God who runs the universe, who knows it so intricately that he made your life and he sees you and he cares about you enough to die for your sin on the cross 2000 years ago. And so if you want a relationship with Jesus, if you know my heart's missing peace, my heart's missing freedom, I run in circles in my life, I have so much emptiness in there. If you want that relationship with God, he can remove your sin like he did for Will and I. He can make you completely free and totally whole right there today. All it takes is this, just like when someone knocks at your door, you open it. Just open your heart to Jesus and invite him to come in. Ask him to forgive your sin. Tell him, I'm sorry for the way that I've lived my life and what my life has ended up with. I want a new life, Jesus. I invite you to come and live inside of me. If you do that right now, if you pray that right there where you are, the Lord's faithful, he'll come to every person that prays that no matter where they are at any time. It's no magic in the words. He just wants you to open your heart and pray from your heart and invite him in. If you've done that today or you do that today, you'll become a brand new creation like we are and you'll be joyful. That fear, that anxiety, that pressure, that depression will leave your life and, uh, and Jesus will make you set free. And uh, we just encourage you, get in contact with us after you've done that because we'd love to help you just to give you some more steps along the way that can help you grow in the Lord. But you know, the first thing I did, Will, yeah. is I started reading a little Bible, a Gideon's Bible, and I read that thing hours and hours a day and just reading the New Testament and it just changed my whole life. So yeah. I encourage you guys to do the same. Yeah, come on. I, I yeah. did the exact same thing. Gave yeah. my life, got in the Word, yeah. and got in a small community. Yep. There was four of us. We would meet every Wednesday. Beautiful. And just pray for each other. So and good. I'm alive and I'm here because of them. Amen. Ben, Yeah. you're amazing, buddy. I love you. Thank so you evil. so much. Like I just texted you last minute. You didn't need to do this. You yeah. got a million things to do. Yeah. Thank you so much for just pausing. Oh, it's a joy. Swinging down here. Yeah. Iris loves you, man. Yeah, I know I Heidi, if she was here, she'd just be hugging you. <laughs> we love yeah, you, man. She's beautiful. We're, you are I, I, you are just an inspiration, man, Thanks, to man. what God's doing Thanks. through just people that love him. Yeah. Thank you for coming in, man. Oh, it's a joy. Yeah. Thank you for watching uh, <laughs> this Iris Global Green Room podcast. I just want to encourage all of you guys, if this blesses you, don't hang on to it. Like, if, if you like, if you enjoy this, send it to a friend. Send it to somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, like, subscribe, do all the internet web things donate. that people are supposed to do. <laughs> you should donate to Iris. You should. Uh, God is amazing he at is. Iris. He's so faithful in Iris. Yes, he is. He really is. But I meant that. Can I say that? You should donate to Iris because they give so much to the gospel. I don't know which camera to look. I think it's that one, but they give so much to the Lord. He would never say this, but I'm saying it. And uh, our ministry, we support Iris because they give it to the harvest. And I've been there. We were there. You were there all the time. I was there with Sean. Um, I've seen the work, man. So guys, click, share, subscribe. But if you also have a spare five euro or five bucks or whatever, and you feel like, you know what? I, will lo I love what these guys do. Donate and give. 
Put your money where your heart is. Come on. Well, we, we started this podcast just to bless people. Yeah. And let people have some fun and come on. And just see something behind the scenes, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh and this this has been spectacular, Ben. Thank you so much, man. I love you, man. Bless great, you. Great to see we'll you. We'll see you guys on the next uh green room. Thank you. Sorry come for on. saying that, but I mean it. You gotta no, donate. I, 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 I know. I want them to donate.